0: Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student-athlete and co-host. Ryan, jam, 2 man monster flush. Off the inbound, Ryan, jam, slam, jam. Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication, personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30 plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Beginning to think that maybe we don't want to do these podcasts on Tuesdays anymore. Um, Yeah, Chris, good suggestion. We probably should have done it last night. Although I'm much happier, air quotes, in Michigan State's loss because I've come to accept it more so than my co-host here. That aside, we'll get to that. Shout out, happy two, 2222 birthday number 49 to my boy Jeff. Happy Do You Believe in Miracles Day? Yes, that happened today in history, 1980. No time for it here because, well, the NBA sucks, but that dunk contest last weekend was as lame as they come. I've got a lot more choice words, but it's a family friendly podcast, so we'll leave it at that. A little shout out to Ryan's alma mater. Hope College men's and women's hoops. They got regular season hoop titles for the men's. Kind of a little bit of a surprise. They've had a really good season and they were up 30 tonight in round one of the MIAA uh, playoffs. So that's good for them. Shout out to Rachel and her swim team for a repeat MIAA championship. And then the men who grabbed their first since 2010. That was pretty fun to see a rocking natatorium um, in Holland this weekend and watching Hope sweep Calvin, their rival in that. And finally, before we make it in, into and wade into you-know-what, because you know dang well we're going to talk about a lot today, uh, a little reminder, 19 days until Selection Sunday. All right, with that, Ryan, I'm sure we have very similar podiums. The lectern is yours.
1: Yeah, um, you know, a lot going on in the world of sports right now. Um, none probably bigger in the college hoops world. Um, and then the Juwan Howard situation, we'll get that out of the way here. I mean, we're both going to talk about it. I know that for a fact. Um, embarrassing. That's the first thing that comes to mind when, when, I, when I see that, when I read about it, it. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for the game. It's embarrassing for the Michigan program. It's embarrassing for the Wisconsin program that they're involved in something like that. I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to point fingers and stuff, but Juwan Howard, five-game suspension. I think that's too light for that kind of stuff. You can't assault somebody and get suspended five games. I think it should have been for the rest of the season. No, no, I didn't think he should get fired. No, but I think he should have, you know, been suspended for the rest of the, the year. Had to go to counseling and, and all that good stuff. But, you know, we're soft, and you know, get, guys can throw haymakers and get suspended for one game. Yeah. If I would have known that, I would have started throwing haymakers or something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, that that whole situation could have gotten a lot worse. Um, the melee in Madison is what they're calling it. Um, crazy stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, you can get. I know you got a lot of a lot of stuff on. I'll let you unload. Go for it. Yeah, I mean, similar thoughts,
0: right? Like it's been a couple days, so we can let the dust settle a little bit, if you will. But I mean, you you can't not talk about this because this goes down as one of the most unbelievable episodes by a coach in college sports history. I'm going to put it this way. I went back in my mind. I did a Google search. I read a lot of articles. The only other time I can remember where a coach threw a punch in a game was Woody Hayes. That was towards a player, not another coach, in the 70s. Put that in a little bit of context right now. But let me let me first start my my podium about the punch slap or slap punch or whatever you want to call it, with this A definition, contrite, feeling or expressing remorse or penitence, affected by guilt. And follow that by an observation. There was not an ounce of contrition from Juan Howard, the players, and arguably the University of Michigan where arrogance, and there must be someone else to blame is the name of the game. Yes. Ward Manuel's getting some credit for acting swiftly. He had no choice. If he was really, truly acting swiftly, this would have been handled in less than 27 hours without PR kid gloves. I mean, we're, it, it took 27 hours for the punishment to come down. The video was out there. I saw it live. I, I, it's one of the most egregious things I've ever seen in person. And the chance... T- to at least acknowledge and apologize from Howard, Went came and went at that presser. He excused it away. He grabbed me. I felt threatened. Threatened by who? You didn't even punch Greg Gard, dude. You punched the assistant coach. After you grabbed him by the the, the coach, by the shirt, and did that kind of like pull choke move, jabbed your bony ass finger in his face. I mean, I, 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 I don't even know what to say. You know, then you throw the one-handed open, you know, open-handed punch. You know, I heard some of the BS on ESPN who loves Michigan, protects them. Oh, crap! An officer be suspended as much? Huh? Funny, the Big Ten didn't see it that way, did they? ESPN. This is one thousand percent on Howard. In any other line of work, if someone assaulted. And assaulted he did. A person like Howard did to Joe. Not Joel Krabbenhoft as was in his original written statement. Yes, Joan Howard or his PR person called him Joel. And it's Joe. Never mind that. He'd be fired and likely charged. I was talking about that with a guy at work today. If I went up to somebody and punched him in the head after a verbal altercation, I would be handcuffed and I would be out of a job. Now, that said... Five games, it's not enough. I'm not saying he had to be fired, but I'm saying if this is the real world, he would have been fired. But let's look at his recent transgressions and paint a picture here. This is a pattern. And for those saying guard calling timeout was bush or inexcusable, how about Howard playing full court man? Asked in his press conference. Coach your own team, buddy. Asked in his press conference. Why were you pressing? We weren't pressing. We were playing our what we call our five defenses, which is our full court man. Um... You weren't trapping, but you were pressing. That's exactly what that is, you dumbass. So then, as Ryan says, you coach, I coach. Here's some other examples. He came on the floor and made contact with a ref at a Michigan State game in 2020 when they were getting their ass kicked, stopping play in the middle of a Michigan State fast break. Part of that's on the officials. I'll agree for not letting that go and then calling the T. The Maryland episode last year, which he was in an even bigger rage than he was at Wisconsin, arguably. Go find video on this. Ryan shared this with me. The Rutgers handshake line from early January. I'm not saying it was Howard, but his team had to be held back. That comes from the top down. And then you want to talk about don't call a timeout at the end of the game. I'm butthurt about your timeout at the end of the game. At the end of the Ohio State game last week, they were down 10 with 39 seconds to go. Okay, outside chance, maybe you got a shot, maybe. He gets a tee. They're down 14 now with 35 seconds left because Ohio State scored a bucket right away. And he called timeout. Down 14 with 35 seconds to go. I'm sorry, game's over then. And yet you're mad that guard was winning and called a timeout so that his walk-ons who were going against your full court man pressure defense by your starters weren't put in a turnover situation, he's coaching his team. Anybody who argues that, he instigated it by doing that. Quit watching basketball. Get out of my face. Leave the country with the libtards that rule this joint. Because you are an idiot. You are a flat-out idiot. Now, let alone the fact that he got two technicals the game before against Iowa and got kicked out. This is a pattern. Rest of the season without pay and a fine and anger management would have sent the right message to Jawan Howard. And one game, one game for the players, three minimum would have sent a clear message that it's not okay to throw a haymaker. You can say it started with the adults. Um, These are not kids. They're 18 to 22, 23-year-olds. They are two adults. They know better. Coach put them in a bad situation. One game's not enough for them. I'm not saying kick them out of school or whatever. Three games would have been more appropriate. We have not seen a dust-up like this since Kansas, Kansas State, in the recent past. I think that was a year or two ago, right, Ryan? Mm -hmm. Um, Cincinnati Xavier Brawl from 2011, a.k.a. the Crosstown Shootout Brawl. I mean, you want to see a good way for a coach to handle it. Mick Cronin showed how a coach handles himself after that and, and, and how he handles players who participate. There was no accountability from Howard or Michigan in this case. Now, Michigan, yes, came out with a statement right away. We're going to look into it. That's standard stuff, though. That's not coming out and saying there will be swift action and severe punishment. Those words weren't used. Swift action, maybe-ish. Severe punishment, no. And I'm telling you, five games and $40,000 for a coach who makes millions of dollars is a spit in the ocean. He should be allowed nowhere near the program then for the next two weeks. I said it before, we haven't seen a coach punch another player or coach since Woody Hayes. We all know what happened there. He got fired, granted, at the end of his career, but still, he got fired. The problem is, this is a microcosm of society. No one will own their mistakes. Howard certainly didn't, because otherwise he would have been contrite right out of the gate. No one will accept real punishment, and mark my words, this will happen with Howard again. It's a pattern, and it will happen again. Last thing, do yourself a favor and read this gem shared by my boy Cuz. It's called Stay at 17 Inches and can be found at SperryBaseballLife.com. Here's the premise. A plate, no matter what level of baseball you're in, is 17 inches. We don't make the plate wider for major leaguers, who pitchers who can't hit the plate. Meaning, we don't change the rules. The rules are the rules. Well, the rules are the rules, Juwan. The plate for him, in my opinion, has been doubled in size, my friends, because he was allowed to get away with this, and that is a problem. All right, tee up and why, and we're going to kind of keep this on the same topic so we can just get it out of our system, then we won't bring it back up again. We're going to tee up Michigan fans who are trying to reason this away or lay blame on Greg Gard. It was not a forceful arm grab. It was a tug of the sleeve. This happens in lines all the time. Hey, I want to get your attention. Hey, I want to clear There's the There's
1: video air. of Guard doing it to him before and then being pleasant. So Right, yeah, I want to
0: get your thing. attention. I want to... I want to I want to state my case and maybe calm you down. And Joan of course, was having nothing from it because he's from the south side. And, you know, somebody comes at me, we go at him. I mean, come on. Are you kidding me? What, what is this? You're a grown-ass man, not some gangster from the south side of Chicago. And then the other thing is anyone who says, let's just forego handshake lines then because, oh, the, the way to solve the problem is to ignore the problem, which is exactly what our country does today, every day especially from the government, especially in COVID for the last two years. I'm going to read you a quote, not real happy with Tom is necessarily right now, but he was spot on. Ryan shared with me today that Kurt Warner applauded him for this. Not shaking hands. That's typical of our country right now. Damn right it is, Tom. Instead of solving the problem, let's make an excuse and let's see if we can just, instead of you know confronting and demanding that it changes, let's eliminate it so that we don't have those problems. Let's try to do that, he scoffed. That's perfect us right now. That's not perfect me. That's not happening here at Michigan State. So if some team doesn't want to shake hands, you're going to see 15 of my guys walk down and shake air. We're going to shake air, and I'm going to shake air, and then we're going to leave. That's sportsmanship, and that's being a real man. Being a real man is being able to take a loss like a real man. And when what is the quote, Ryan? When you win,
1: say nothing.
0: When lose, you lose, say less. Say less. Period, Juan inexcusable all right now we'll get off that promise spot number one big 10 and ncaa hoops ryan the melee what they call it the melee and madison right, yeah the melee and madison aside give us a rundown of uh, what's what since we last talked it's, it's been a fantastic stretch that aside and, and the way wisconsin played the second half of that game was amazing who's your team of the week how are our lineups doing and then we can just kind of go back and forth with some thoughts
1: yeah, um you know since we since we last uh, spoke last Tuesday Rutgers another top 25 victory over Illinois um big win for them probably put them close like on the bubble firmly on the bubble um you know still back and forth right now if you're losing to Purdue um, which is not a bad loss by any stretch um but yeah Rutgers playing really well you know had that bugaboo um, against against Purdue, but, I mean, that happens, especially at Mackey. Um, trying to think, Michigan um, lost, obviously, Wisconsin. Uh, did they beat someone last week? I can't Iowa. Remember. Iowa, yep. Well, of course, of course they did. Uh, Michigan State continues to play like absolute clowns. We'll get to that later. Um, Ohio State beat Indiana. Michigan State and Indiana are one of the same. Mm-hmm. One and the same, um, you know, just really, really poor. Right Michigan State actually f- has
0: found ways to make the
1: tournament twenty three times in a row
0: versus Indiana, who just chokes it away at this time every yeah. year lately. Yeah, um, new coach same day. I mean, it's it's too bad,
1: but Minnesota, Northwestern, you know, Penn State, um, Nebraska, all all not great, but you know they, they're still fighting. Um, you stay in there, Wisconsin. Still fighting, playing really well. Johnny Davis uh, should be National Player of the Year in my eyes. Uh, he probably won't win it, though. Um, definitely Big Ten Player of the Year, first team All-America. Um, playing really well. Purdue um, you know, looked good against Rutgers. Uh, Jaden Ivey playing fantastic basketball right now. Um, terrified of that game on Saturday from Michigan State. Um, yeah, starting five. Um, we have both played 80. This is not updated as of tonight. Um, I will have had one more game, I believe. No. Well, yeah, still one more. and Murray trashed it. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I still have uh, roughly 100 points on you um, without tonight. So You got Johnny and Keegan, and those two are just going neck yeah, and neck. I mean, I mean 331, 341 points by Davis in 16 games, and Murray had, what, 26 tonight? So he'll have 357. in Twenty eight so of three fifty nine in sixteen games. Unbelievable. Cooking. Cooking.
0: I'll tell you, I mean, I was bounced back against Ohio State and then tonight they just throttled Michigan State, who doesn't play well at Carver Hawkeye anyway, but had played their typical flabbergastingly awful basketball of late. Not not a typical time. Usually this is when Michigan State tends to round into form. Yes, last year they lost 6 of 8 and then went on a tear. And they did kind of the same in 2020 when Big Puddin' went down. And then they went to the pick-and-roll offense and things kind of clicked. I, I, I don't know. We'll get into Michigan State a little bit more in a minute. But I, I just don't see that. I'm going to talk about the rest of the Big Ten. Iowa did impress me tonight. Keegan Murray is – he's so under control. I, I mean, I don't – how do you pick the well, – Big Ten Player of the Year between, I mean, some of these guys, but because Johnny Davis, look at him, he's a pure bucket getter. He's virtually unguardable. He has an array in his arsenal. He can get downhill under control. I, I I mean, he rarely misses. He doesn't miss that little step in the lane fadeaway. Michigan could do nothing to stop him on Sunday, um, which is probably what Howard was pissed off about to begin with um you know michigan had that game in pretty good control early and then wisconsin just tore away with the 23 to 3 run michigan had more turnovers than buckets the first 12 minutes of the half that sounds familiar that happens for us in east lansing often um ryan talked about ivy i mean the poster i don't know if you mentioned it or not i was looking at my notes the ivy poster of mcconnell and harper jr in that game Mm -hmm. on sunday was unreal um IU, five-game skid, not in great shape. they got a couple winnable games. I mean, I think they probably have to win two or three because they don't have the greatest net. Um, I could look it up here in a minute. They don't have the greatest um, quad one wins. Boy, I mean, they could be on the outside looking in. It, it could get a little bit dicey for them. Um, I, I'll just give you a couple of quick thoughts on Michigan State, and then I'll let Ryan really go because he's, he's, he's the most salty about it. Um, I've just kind of accepted who we are. I mean, we talked a lot over the last few weeks about what Michigan State should be record-wise with close losses. Now two close losses to Illinois, close loss to Northwestern. You know, put the Rutgers and the Iowa blowouts aside, Michigan State was right in their other losses. The Penn State loss, you know, they were right there and easily could have won those games. But I'm not going to say sh- Michigan State should be as good as 13-3 and right now. I'm going to say they could be, but they're not. They shouldn't be more than they are, and we see it game in and game out. They have virtually no ball movement on offense. They have no knockdown shooters. Max Christie, you may as well just take 18-footers because he can't make a three. Um Gabe Brown, I don't know what happened to his jump shot. It looks like an absolute, you know what, in a phone booth. I mean, it is, I mean, it's nowhere close. It's either... Almost airball short, or it's airball long, or it's a brick. I don't even know why he plays. Um, Michigan State's D is not as salty as it was early in the season. I mean, they let... Now, some of them were just ill-advised shots by Iowa that were going in, but bomb after bomb, would they have 12, 13 threes against Michigan State tonight? Mm-hmm. I mean, they can't make bunnies. They can't make anything at the rim. Right now, their best player... And Hall is is up and down... All the time. He was really on tonight. He's the only reason Michigan State kept it within 30 tonight. Um, but he's not an every-game-leading scorer guy. He's a, he's a really good support guy. He's a 15-point-a-game guy, but he's not the guy. Um, A.J. and Tyson played really well against Illinois. Tyson shot especially well. He took six shots tonight against Iowa. A.J. misses more than half of his bunnies at the rim and when he does get fouled he can't make his free throws consistently. Michigan State's best offensive player aside from Hall right now and and Jewish probably Tyson Marble. is arguably Marble. Marble can't hit like the straight on little flip shot, but man he can hit that hook. He's deadly with it. He's got a great jump shot. So why does Marcus Bingham still play? Why does Gabe Brown still play? Why does Joey Hauser still play? I don't I don't get it. Well, I do get it because Izzo loves and is married to his seniors and he's going to go down the ship is going to go down with his seniors. Couple other thoughts. I've watched it now for the last 3 weeks especially. Michigan State's getting outworked. There you know, I wrote in my notes that it's time for a leader to step up. Well, there is no leader. That's the problem. You cannot you you know, you I made this note tonight. You cannot make an alpha And you cannot have a successful team without an alpha. You can't have more than one alpha. Ryan and I had that discussion related to some other team that shall remain nameless. You can't have more than one because that's a problem. But you got to have one alpha dog. Michigan State had that last year. They had Aaron Henry. They had a lot of flaws on that team last year. A lot of flaws. But when push came to shove, Aaron Henry was a leader and he was an alpha dog. Michigan State has... Gabe Brown, who'd rather dance around like he's making TikToks before games than be focused and be a leader. Malik Hall's just kind of a little bit more of a quiet guy. Reminds me of Ryan that way. He's a good leader by example, but he's not a grab guys by the jersey like Juwan Howard would and and lead guys. Michigan State doesn't have that. It's not Walker doesn't feel comfortable with it, clearly. I don't think Hogarth has enough respect from his teammates. Marcus Bingham is, I don't know what he is. Joey Hauser doesn't have it because he doesn't even have enough confidence to take a wide open three. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on. I mean, I just, I, I, I'm i at a loss. I mean, this goes back, and Ryan talked about this, and it was last week, Ryan, in the podcast, and then I want to get your thoughts on it. This goes back to the 2018 recruiting class. We took Marcus Bingham and Thomas and or Thomas Kithier over Travion Williams you could enough said right there we took a swing on foster lawyer and i get it he was a great shooter most prolific scorer in michigan state high school history i believe he was won a state championship you could clearly see he was too small you know in in 1986 the game was okay for a scott skiles who was foster was compared to not in today's game there aren't the freak athletes in the 80s that there are now right like he and he's doing great at davidson because that's his speed um Gabe Brown, I don't know what he, what you could even say he was. As he, he's had moments, but he's not been a consistent recruit. The only good recruit was probably the least rated recruit of that class. Aaron Henry was a three mm-hmm. star. I mean, and that's the problem. Where is it going to come from next year? Because Max Christie is a soft spoken no guy. He's not it. I mean, and I'm sorry, but a top twenty five star has got to have more consistency. I, I get freshmen have roller coasters. I get they have good games and they have bad games, but for somebody as pure a shooter as he is, and I, I know he'll get bigger and blah, blah, blah. And he plays good defense and he's plays the right. No, if you're a top 20 guy and you go to like a Duke or Kentucky as a top who their top 20 guys don't suffer to score six or seven points a game. They don't go three for 12 from the field or whatever max was tonight. I mean, between he and Gabe, there were some like literally three for like 20 two for
1: 17 uh, 18 I'm sorry. i
0: mean i i don't I, where's it going to come from i don't even know michigan state has got two point guards coming in next year they have two point guards on the roster they've got you know a big guy coming in that you know ryan says is very highly rated and very crafty around the basket okay we'll have four plus akins five point guards to get it to him i guess but where's your knockdown shooter going to be because brown ain't it this year and he's gone let's hope Christie maybe Hall maybe but I mean I could go on and on but Ryan I know you got a lot to weigh in on this I, so
1: truly I don't really have much to say I'm at a loss for words um, it's just sad that this season we were once um, 14 and two 14 and two now 18 and 9 14
0: and 2 17 and three and one game away is from Bob Knight's record maybe I said to my buddies tonight, Maybe his goal is to win one more game and tie it and retire and not beat it because he respects Bobby
1: Knight. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's how they've been I playing think he, lately. I think he's washed. This game, again, proves that his guys aren't ready to play. He doesn't get anything out of it. How, how do you not have a clear rotation? It's February 22nd, Tom. It's not December 22nd. You still don't have a rotation. You went soft on these guys in the beginning and – it's bled in. These guys, they could look like they'd rather be anywhere else. They walk around. They have a pout look on their face. They throw their hands up at each other. There's no leadership. Tom just sits there on the bench. It's, it's, it's sad. It's, Not once tonight it's in exhausting. the Iowa game did
0: I see somebody
1: grab the group and try to rally the troops. Not no, once. They hate each other. They Not literally once. hate each other. I, I... There's no camaraderie on that team. And, you know, this is Izzo's recruiting crap. He's gotten guys... Mati Sissoko, four-star in air quotations, and he's on scholarship, and he plays maybe two minutes a game, max, as, it, as an it, emergency big, and, and he's horrible. he's a junior, right? He's going to be a junior next year. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. It's It's not going to... I mean, Purdue, they're going to win by 50. Michigan... They're going to be scratching clawing to get in the tournament. They'll win Ohio State. It's going to be sixty-five to forty. It's going to be low scoring. Then you have to beat Maryland, and we've struggled with Maryland. And then you have to go win the Big Ten tournament, which is never easy because people are trying to play to get in the tournament. There's no urgency. There As you said uh,
0: tonight, Ryan, Michigan State could be the tendency. They could play on Wednesday. Last year, last year was like I think the first time they played on Thursday, and they could fall all the do. way to Wednesday.
1: I hope they play on Wednesday. It, I I can't stand this, this group that's so hard to watch every time. I mean, you, And you have these expectations, oh, maybe they'll turn the corner. Nope. It's all about the start with these guys. Illinois started off terrible. Lose. Probably, if they had played like they did the last 10 minutes, they probably would have won by 20. But nope. We, let's show up with five minutes left. Oh, maybe we should start to play. Huh. Just because you have Michigan State on your chest doesn't mean you're going to win a fucking game. Losers. Complete losers. They're entitled just a a tribute to our society today. Entitlement, you think, because you can show up, you can win. No, that's not how it works in the Big Ten. That's not how it works in college basketball. You pathetic, pathetic team. And you know what Izzo says in the postgame? I felt like we got ambushed. I felt like we got ambushed. There probably will be some changes. Oh, yeah, what are you going to change, Tom? you going to put Walker back in the starting lineup? Is that going to be the change? going to start Davis Smith and Steve. Might as well start over. his damn son because the season's a wash. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of all of our time. Why do I even watch them anymore? It's the same crap every night. They're pathetic. They're weak. They're lifeless. I can't do it anymore. It's just it just gets worse and worse and worse.
0: All right, let's move to spot two, bracketology. Ryan, give me your number one seeds. Who's in from the Big Ten and what seed? And then any other things. I've got a bunch of stat stuff I like to throw out there because I'm a stats guy and I found some interesting stuff. So I'll share that too. But give me your ones. Your uh,
1: in your Big Tens teams in
0: and their seeds
1: yep i've got the same ones as um the bracket reveal gonzaga arizona auburn and kansas um right now is my one seeds um big 10 wise um ohio state i've got them still remaining as a four seed purdue remaining as a two seed um, Illinois remaining as a 3. Wisconsin bumped them back up to a 4 after being a 5 last week. I have Indiana's last 4 in um, as a 12-seed play-in. Rutgers remaining as an 11. I've moved Iowa from a 9 to a 6. Um, and then Michigan, i moved to first 4 out. And then Michigan State, I, I was, I, before tonight's game, I had them as a 7-seed. I have bumped them down to a 10-seed, and that's just going to get lower.
0: Yeah, I've, I've maintained my number ones overall the whole way so far. I know a lot of people have Arizona in there instead of – I still have Kentucky in the east. Um, a lot of people have Arizona. There's still a lot to be played out. You know, Baylor, there's a, there's some good teams jockeying for that. i got Auburn in the south, Gonzaga in the west, Kansas in the midwest, and Kentucky in the east. A lot can shift in the next almost three weeks. Um, Purdue, I've kept the same, kept them on the two-line. Illinois, i kept them on the two-line. Wisconsin – I've been kind of flexing between the 3 and the 4, and I moved them back to the 3 after moving to the 4 last week. Ohio State, I've kind of flexed between the 5 and the 4. I moved them from the 4 to the 5. Um, yeah, they got the win over Indiana, albeit it took a pretty good comeback and in, in a win in overtime. Um, uh, they're playing okay, but it, I'm probably not quite a 4 seed, although 4 and 5 are pretty interchangeable. Michigan State, before the game tonight, I thought they'd be a little bit more fight out of them. I had as a 10. If I really had to truly say what I think is going to happen, I think they're looking at their second straight, last four in, and a 12 seed. Um, I think right now their ceiling is maybe an eight. If they really went on a tear these last two weeks of the season, maybe a little bit higher than that, but I think they're going to fall in the 10 to 12 range. Um, Iowa, I've got moving up. I've got them as a 10 seed. Um Rutgers, I, I kept in the 12 plan. I mean, minus the Purdue loss, they've been on an impressive run with some big quad one wins. They've got some very worthy quad one wins. I don't. I have not had Michigan anywhere in the equation. I'm going to leave them out of the equation. This could go one of two ways. The team could rally without Jawan Howard and try to get it so he can coach again this year, which wouldn't surprise me. Or they could tank um, and it could really go south. I think they play Rutgers what tomorrow. Rutgers, yep, and then Illinois as well. Um, so, I, I mean, That's they're true. dangerously on the bubble anyway, so I don't even have them in the conversation right now. Um, quick kind of some What other, did you have Indiana I had Indiana as, uh, uh, oh, um, I have them second four out. I had them move all the way from a 12 seed to a second four out. Um, last week I brought to you kind of some stats about, you know, you want to be in the top 40 offensive efficiency, top 20 defensive efficiency. That's where the winners come from. Last 19 years of Ken Pom, and I think actually the last 30 years, the national champion has fallen in there. Um, right now, the way that it, that it is, these are the teams that are in that. It, last week it was 10 teams. Now it's down to nine. One team moved into it. Two teams drop out of it. So Gonzaga, they're by runaway the best between both their number two offensive, number six defensive, Arizona, Baylor, Auburn, Houston, Tennessee's on the cusp because they're 38th offense, but they've got the number four defense. UCLA, Texas also kind of out there 35 and 9, and then Texas Tech out there 40 and 2. But their defense is so good with a pretty decent offense. Um, remarkable. Those are your nine teams to watch for a national champion at this point in time. Um, notable Big Ten teams on the cusp. I went through all of them last week, but really the only two, I think, Big Ten teams that have a, an outside cha- chance at a Final Four and sometimes it's matchups and luck and stuff are are Purdue, who's, again, number one on, on offense, but they're 115 on defense. Like, uh, that would completely break the norm. Um, and then Illinois is pretty close, though. They're 20 and 24, so they're, they're right smack dab in the middle on offense, and they're pretty close on defense. So they're a team... You know, when they're full strength, um, you know, they could be a team that moves into that consideration in the uh, for a, a champion out of that group. Um, Wisconsin also isn't too far off. Other notables, Kansas, they're three on offense, but 37 on defense. Kentucky is right up there, um, better offensively than defensively, but close. They're just 21 on defense, so they're just a smidge outside. Duke, 10 and 22. So, again, they're a smidge outside that group. Those are the two teams that lost, dropped out, Kentucky and Duke. Villanova, 6 and 27. UConn, 27 and 25. These are going into tonight. So, those are other teams to kind of keep an eye on. Um, just, just out of, you know, to kind of give you the last 10 national champions. And, actually, there was a 22 in there. Um, here, oh These are the average rankings for the last 10 NCAA champs. I don't know how that... How it's average because it's oh, the average rank is 9.8 for the last 10. So that tells you where you need to be on defense. Only way back the year that VCU made it with Butler, and we talked about that last week Butler, UConn, and whoever else was in that year. Um, they had a really like number 72 defense that year. So they were kind of an anomaly. Um, a new stat to pay attention to before we go to spot number three, and that is a way effective field goal percentage over 54%. I actually saw this on TikTok of all places. Last year, 11 of the conference champions and the national champion, Baylor, had a net, in a way, effective field goal percentage over 54%. Don't ask me how they calculate it, but you can definitely find it. And right now there are 29 teams with this designation in the NCAA. I will say of those 29, there's a lot of teams like San Diego State, South Dakota State that are no way to win the national championship. But if you want to look at head-to-head matchups – that is definitely something to take a look at. So if you win some money on your brackets this year and you looked at a way effective field goal percentage, you can thank me and you can give me a cut. All right, Ryan, anything else bracketology-wise? Nope. All right, let's move on to spot number three, our Mount Rushmore. And, you know, usually we have some fun, positive, happy notes about Mount Rushmore because that's what it should be and that's what Mount Rushmore is. It's a great thing, but how, how can we not honor air quotes, sarcasm, Jawan Howard and his angry elf meltdown without doing a Mount Rushmore of the four worst moments in sports history. I've got a handful on my listing. Ryan wasn't necessarily sure that he could think of a lot. They don't necessarily have to be fights. They can just be just stuff that you just shake your head at. I mean, do you have anything that floats to the top of your I mean, mind?
1: Malice at the Palace. Yeah, that's got to be
0: number one. That's got to be crazy. That could have happened at Wisconsin. I mean, BQ wrote about that. I mean it was it was Juwan Howard put his team in a situation where it was eighteen thousand Cole Center fans against twenty Michigan players and staff. Now nobody left the stands, thank goodness, but I mean that could have gotten really bad, even with the cops right there. So Malice at the Palace for sure. Anything else that sticks out to you? Mm,
1: I'm trying to think.
0: Um no, no, I mean, I think you got to put Juwan in there just because yeah, that that's, just I mean, doesn't that's happen. pretty right?
1: Big. That doesn't happen. I mean, the the, the coaches full... don't
0: punch other coaches. No. The
1: fight, the fight in the Cincinnati Xavier game. Was yeah, the Crosstown big.
0: shootout brawl. That was really bad. And, and talk about. It, I went back and looked at the stories on that, the the gangster stare down stuff, and the conversations and the words that were. I mean, like people, what planet are we from? Like, grow the f up. I, that's definitely got to be there. I, a couple other ones we're not going to even just really make it a Mount Rushmore, but obviously you got to consider Woody Hayes, you know, throat punching the Clemson player in the Gator Bowl, seventy-seven or seventy-eight, whatever year it was. Latrell Sprewell choking out his coach, PJ Carlissimo. Um, Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding, you know, Tanya Harding taking the having her goons take the whatever tire iron, iron to Nancy's knee before the figure skating thing to go to the Olympics. Um, and I'll say, as much as I loved him as a coach, take your pick on any of Coach Knight's epic meltdowns. I mean, I was at a game Cheer in throw. East Lansing when some might argue he slipped, but it was pretty clear he didn't. He headbutted one of his players on the bench. I mean, you had the whole Neil Reed thing. You had the whole What's Up Knight episode with the student. And, again, I loved Bobby Knight as a tactician and a coach, but that dude was volatile And that's the closest thing I could kind of compare what Howard did. But even then, Bobby Knight didn't punch anybody. When he threw the chair, he threw it to get attention. Didn't throw it at a player. He threw it across the floor. Like, so, again, how can Michigan fans excuse the fact that this was 30 seconds after, 45 seconds after the original, you know, quote, scuffle with Greg Gard, and then you throw the punch and you're blaming on Wisconsin? Whatever. But... Those are some of the meltdowns in sports. I mean, it's unfortunately bad things do happen. I'm sure there's a lot more things. I mean, one uh, Kermit Washington and Rudy Tomjanovich just Kermit Washington sucker punched him uh, when Rudy played for the, the Rockets. I and mean, that was Grayson that Allen was did. bad. Yeah, do you think Grayson Allen did? Teddy Dupay against Mateen Cleaves. I mean, there's there's enough of them. But like the point is, is Jawan, what you did is in the top four most disgraceful things in sports history period it's inarguable Michigan fans you can try to cry and whatever you're wrong take it like a man your coach is an idiot I talked to a couple Michigan fans today at the office and they're like yeah we're done (laughs) we're done with that we I I can't see how you'd want to be associated if Izzo did that I'd be like get him out
1: you know he's doing the war for his players that's all he was doing yeah right right right
0: all right spot number four um we don't really have anything in here in particular so we're going to do what's called a little bit of a hodgepodge i came up with a boatload of potential things we can talk about so right i'm just going to fire some things at you and get your point of view on them first how about no college football expansion until at least 20 2025 26 season when the current contract runs out
1: yeah i don't think that's a great look um you know i think i mean we're, we're I thought they were talking about 18 playoff for next year, and then now it's pushed off that long. I think that's going to hurt, um, you know, ratings. And, and people are going to be like, oh, it's just all about the SEC. Um, you know, But does it hurt them? With Oklahoma and Texas coming in,
0: they have all these great teams, and they, they're never going to get more than two spots. Big Ten is almost always going to be in there, so they're sitting pretty. Plus, they're negotiating TV contract, which, by the way, is going to be worth billions with a B. Yep. I, just, I think it's, it's hilarious that you get these so-called great minds in college sports together. And for three days in Indy before this year's national title game, they couldn't agree. And it's because they're all out for what's best for themselves, not what's best for the conference. And the ACC commissioner's hiding behind the, oh, safety of the game. We're talking at max one more game for a team that gets all the way. So very few teams would even be in this scenario I don't buy the safety thing there's other ways to to work around that less padded practices in august blah 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 every conference is out for its own good and that's why this will never work it's why it took so long to get out of the bowl system to the bcs why it took so long to get from the bcs to a four-team playoff talk to me in 2026 when you got it figured out is what i say there Big Ten TV money. Ryan, did you read that article in the Athletic about like who's bidding on them and how much money they're worth? Uh, I did not. No. So I will say this: It's CBS, Fox, and NBC are going to be making a mega play for the Big Ten. Yeah, CBS loses the SEC after this year, and whatever deal it's going to be. Six years ago, when then commissioner um, Jim Delaney said it, people were like, "Why'd you do a six-year contract? That was stupid." He had the foresight to see kind of like the writing on the wall with all these digital streaming things and whatever else. He didn't know exactly what they were going to be, but he went short term for a long term gamble, and it is going to pay big time. The Big Ten will remain the richest conference through revenue, like TV and that kind of revenue, for years to come because of that. ESPN put all their eggs in the SEC basket. They're they're going to want a piece of the Big Ten so they can you know have kind of the the requisite overall voice of college football i don't see that happening my personal preference is i hope it moves the cbs i'd kind of like to see a cross between cbs and fox because i think fox does a good job fox owns the big 10 network which by the way delaney and the big 10 were the first ones to do a network dude was a shrewd businessman i only hope that the new commissioner doesn't screw that up (laughs) because it's good for all the teams in the big 10 that's for sure all right we ryan this is a little bit of basketball and we talked a smidge about it but if you had to pick today, out of Kofi, out of Johnny, out of Keegan, out of EJ, those are probably the top four. I mean, you could throw maybe Ivy Tough in decision. there. decision. Who's your
1: player of the year? Yeah, I, I'd say it's got to be Johnny Davis. I don't think anyone's more valuable to their team than him. Because you look at him, I think he didn't play in one or two games, and he they looked horrible. Right. He carries them offensively. He puts He allows other guys to score you know, he get it's not like he's a great pass or anything. He he's good enough, but he just draws so many eyes that, that other people can get open. If he wasn't playing that Wisconsin would probably be a fringe tournament I don't know if they'd be a yeah. tournament team, to be honest with you.
0: I know, I, I struggle because tonight was probably the closest I've watched Keegan Murray and person I've seen Johnny Davis play more. Very similar. Both can get buckets, right? Both get their teammates involved. Both can also defend a little bit, get rebounds. It's got to be neck and neck between those two guys. I mean, Kofi's had a great season, but I mean, the dude, like there's nobody. Well, Edie's about as big as he is, but like big and skilled as him, no, but he's not going to get it. Ivy's good, but he's on a really good team and he's not, take him away from Purdue and Purdue is still a really good basketball team. Take Davis away in Wisconsin middling. Take Keegan Murray away in Iowa's arguably middling. So, to me, it's going to probably come down, down to those two. I mean, EJ Liddell's a stud, too. Mm-hmm. Um, just the numbers he puts up and what he does for Ohio State. You take him away in Ohio State, it's probably not very great either.
1: But, I yeah, I don't know. That's... It's gonna I'll be. Trade, it's gonna I'll be tell you starters. what. I'll trade EJ Liddell for uh, for Gabe Brown. Does that sound like a good trade? Yes, for the straight up, the right now.
0: And hey, we'll throw in a kicker of Joey Hauser and yeah, Marcus you Bingham. Have, You're gonna have Bingham, Hauser, and Brown straight up for EJ. Yeah, I love that. We should. We, they should allow that. They should allow trades yeah. for teams that you know in the yeah. Big Ten. Why not? I mean, we have NIL, right? Like, which there have been a lot of articles lately about how nil is going to take things down and no oh, shocker the million dollar side door deals and stuff that are going to impact recruiting duh like you didn't think that was going to happen now the ncaa is going to investigate whether it has an in, any impact on student welfare well yeah for those who get it it's really good for those who don't it's not that great um but while we're at it let's just make it a full-fledged pro sport and allow for trades because yeah i i can trade most of michigan state's players right now for each of the Dell, mm-hmm. that's for sure all right, Ryan. Do we want to put this one on the table this time, or we save this for later next MSU coach debate?
1: No, well, I mean we might be talking about it by the end of the season, so I don't know. I mean we can probably put it off because I mean, i we'll f- floated out there. In my bit. mind, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a real thing come a month from now, when Michigan State season's over, when they lose in the first four to San Francisco or some bullcrap team. The Dons. Team. Uh, I if right now I I I know exactly what's going to happen, but this is what I would want to happen. I would want. I mean, preferably you would see Izzo. You know, if this season ended well, which it won't, Izzo's coaching. You know, three to four more years. You know, getting getting to probably 2025, 2026, Him retiring and Drew Valentine having four good years at Loyola, making the tournament, developing guys. You bring him in as a Mid 30s, late 30s guy. That's going to be your coach for a long time. That would mm-hmm. be the ideal thing. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. I would. I mean, if Mission Saber to swing, I'd want maybe a Nate Oats. I don't know. I mean, he's not great. I mean, he's all right at Bama. Um, Bama doesn't. They don't care about basketball. But this is though. this I mean. is my my fear. Is he's they're just going to give it to Dwayne Stevens, and it's going to be the same crap.
0: And look, I love DJ. He was he overlapped with me a little bit at school, but there's a reason he's not taking a head coaching job and I've said it before on the podcast. That's okay. Because I know personally of an assistant coach, high school level, that left twice from an assistant job to take a head job and good head jobs and just just didn't got there and was like, "I this is not for me." And that's okay. It's not for everybody. Being the head guy is not for everybody. Being the CEO is not for everybody. You need a lot of vice presidents. You need a lot of directors. Those are the people that run the company, and I don't know. I don't. I definitely don't see it out of Montgomery. DJ's been mm-hmm. around for a while. You know, Coach G. He's just kind of around still because he's Izzo's buddy, and he's you know he can wax wise with his wisdom. Wojcik left. He's back, but he didn't really have great success anywhere. Pretty volatile, actually. I think he kind of got run out of College of Charleston or mm-hmm. one of those schools down there. Um, boy. It's going to be a scary thought when it get, when it comes closer and closer and closer. And it's going to come down to me, which I thought it always has, is how much longer can Izzo stay in the recruiting game? Now, he's got some resources, right? It's he's amazing. got Ishbia, and he's got Mr. Rocket Mortgage with NIL in play. But the thing is, is, I think he's too old school to play those games, even though they're on the up and up now for the most part. I don't think he wants to play that game. I don't think he wants to play the portal game. I mean, it's like I said yeah, I a couple weeks ago doesn't. in my open. Is, 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 I love Coach D'Antonio. Love him. Got, got to personally know him. We had him on the podcast, but he stayed a little bit too long, and I think he would admit that You know, if he was looking introspectively. And that still is my fear. And where it impacts you is in recruiting. And if Michigan State doesn't get itself an alpha and damn right quick, It's going to be the same thing for the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. And you got to be okay as a coach letting a freshman be that alpha. I'm not saying that Max Christie is an alpha, but somebody has to be the alpha. Figure it out. It's not going to come this year, but figure it out. All right, we got plenty of time to talk about more of that stuff. Spot number five, as it always is, golf, and we're still looking for a golf sponsor. So, around the last couple of weeks, we've talked a little bit about rules changes and what, you know, what would you do differently, what's mm-hmm. kind of an automatic rule when you play. We'll take a little different tack here, and then we'll talk about how our twosome did last week and what we got this week. So, especially today, it came out, but all weekend, Phil, who we both love, mm-hmm. taking a lot of heat for his very outspoken stance against the PGA, which he says was off the record, which means either to a reporter means I got caught saying it, and I want to say it's off the record so it doesn't sound like I meant it, but really I meant it and I'm trying to cover my ass. Um, But he's been outspoken against the PGA, media rights issues, and the rival Saudi League, um, which, by the way, seems to be dying on the vine. Mm. Does he have a point? Should he just shut up? Somewhere in between? I mean, it's getting ugly with his playing peers. Let's say Tiger yeah, they're took not, a,
1: they're not happy. Tiger
0: took a middle road. He kinda said, Hey, I understand what Phil's saying, but dude, Phil, you gotta couch this in a little bit different way. When interviewed as kind of the host of the at Riviera this weekend, but a lot of guys are pretty outspoken, like just shut the you know what up, Phil. I don't know, what what are your thoughts, Ryan?
1: Yeah, completely agree. I, I just don't like I get it, like he doesn't want to be controlled by the media and all this stuff by the PJ Tour, but Dude, you're one of the faces of golf. You are arguably in the top 15 golfers of all time. And yeah, that win like last this. year as a 50 year old like, in the PGA—you got to be better than that, right? Like people are mad about it. Literally. KPMG
0: like, has been a sponsor of his for something like 15 more- years, and they dropped him today. They dropped him faster than Ralph Lauren dropped, you know, Justin Thomas for who knows what he said off camera or you know off camera, but on a hot mic last year in Hawaii, like. I mean, KPMG has been on Phil's hat for as long as he did that, you know, two inch vertical when he won the Masters and finally got off the major snide. Like, I I love you, Phil, but dude, know when to just push and when not to push and when to say what and what like, get a PR agent, dude. (laughs) Get a PR agent. That's what I gotta say. Get a PR agent. You need bones back to speak for you or something. I I don't know. I. I mean, I get it. He's arguing for for those who don't know. He's arguing for PGA controls all the media rights. They take a lot of money off their name, image, and likeness. Kind of is the basic gist of it. Well, Phil, you're not hurting for money, right? You're not like some guy that's struggling to you know through Q school every year. You're never gonna be hurting for money. I get it. You have a point. And if you want to go play for this rival Saudi league, where you know and support what goes on over there in the Middle East, hey. That's your own PR death right there, but go for it. If they're going to pay you seven figures to go and that's what it matters to you is the money, go. But, I mean, guys like Bryson and Brooks and Dustin and Rory and all these guys have come out. And in, and and um, Bryson was one who was definitely seemed to be contemplating this new Saudi league. The only player left that's kind of contemplating is Adam Scott, and that's really because Greg Norman's going to run it, and it's a fellow Aussie, but... All these other guys are jumping ship, and Phil, you're kind of left like holding the bucket in a big boat, trying to bail that damn thing out all by yourself, and you probably should have removed your foot from your mouth once you put it in there. Mm -hmm. All right, Ryan, how did our twosomes do last week?
1: Yeah, um, so my guys combined to get 25th um, place, so a pretty good week by my guys, and you guys were 41 between um, Zalatoris and Leishman, Um, so both pretty good weeks. Yeah, not bad. How are we doing overall? Are you keeping like a run? I, you're beating me. I don't have an exact score, but we're just looking at your, your up.
0: All right. So who's your twosome this week?
1: Yeah, I've got uh two two really good iron players, Tommy Fleetwood and Mackenzie Hughes. And you know, I think Tom, Tommy Fleetwood's overdue for a win on the tour. Um, and he played well in his last couple tour events. So I'm going with him, and then Hughes, kind of a, a dark horse, my long shot, um, dark horse, um, a guy that's played well in tournaments and. You know I think he's, he's on the cusp of the top 50 world rankings. Yeah, he's he's a good player. He was on my long shot list a lot last year. Yeah, he's um, a I good like player. his
0: game. A little Canadian. Yep. Um I've got Sung JM who won I believe a couple years ago there.
1: Mhm.
0: Not necessarily a big fan, but he's definitely a, f- a favorite cuz he's really good in his um his ball striking at this like something some crazy great stat in the last 24 rounds he's played with strokes gained in iron play. Um and then I got Brooksy. His family will be there. He's been playing well lately. Um, you know, he was right in the mix in Phoenix. I think he did okay last week, I think-ish. Yeah, you can't probably remember how he was. played. Um, I, too, kind of had an eye on Mackenzie Hughes and Brian Harmon. I think uh, are a couple other names that could play. I'm not necessarily going to put any coin on them, but um, a couple of other guys that could come into play. Um, so that's golf. So with that, let's go on to our sprint. <laughs> I, I know the answer to this one straight away, but... Uh, first free-throw line. Ryan, who would you rather have right now, Gabe or Rocket Watts? Rocket
1: Watts, without a doubt. Could you
0: imagine Rocket Watts with point guards you could set him up, like a Tyson Walker that could put it in the shooting pocket most of the time when he's not turning it over, or A.J. Hogard? Rocket, I wish he would come back. <laughs> wish he would come back because he was a dead-eye shooter. He was a guy that could cook and get, could his. get his own He shot. was an alpha. He was an alpha. He's the alpha this team misses. Would you rather play in the seven ten game in the NCAA tournament or the eight nine game? Seven ten, I think, because you got to play the two seed in yep. The next. Yep, and there's a more likely chance that a fifteen could beat a two. <laughs> That's happened to us. Um, I would agree with that. Uh, far free throw line. If you could only play one round of golf this year, one, but it was at Riviera, would you do it?
1: Uh, no. Because I would want to play more. <laughs>
0: I'd, I'd want to play more, too. But, man,
1: that is a beautiful that course. Beautiful. If
0: you don't watch golf and you didn't watch it, just look it up. I mean, it's, especially now that CBS has implemented a lot of drone footage, you get some overhead views. I mean, that is a spectacular and historic course. And tough. Tough. They have a 290 or 289-yard par four that is, like, diabolical. Um, all right. A little lighter note, full court and back, and we're gonna need a full court and back for this. Better base for a donut, cake or yeast, like uh, a glazed
1: donut. Probably
0: yeast. <laughs> oh man, I ate like four cake-based donuts today, so I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to argue with a Robinette's chocolate frosted donut. But yeah, a dog or what was it? Um, that what's the dog track? Is that was the yeah. name. Down in... Trackside. Trackside Donuts at the Dog Track down in Naples area, Bonita Springs. Shout out to Bill Norris. Great, great glazed and apple fritters, both yeast-based. All right, Ryan, give us a little bit of a social media wrap-up.
1: Yeah, just a reminder, follow us on Twitter. Uh, the final score, 35, as well as, uh, uh, what's it called? TikToks, Sparty on 35, trying to get more content out there. I haven't posted lately because it have been pretty busy. Um, but, yeah, trying to post out more stuff, you know, try post some fun stuff so yeah give us a follow it's easier
0: to post when you're in a better mood too in the last several tuesdays have not been good mood days and i uh, no game next tuesday though right we got no no no.
1: we play michigan next oh, tuesday
0: michigan tuesday but it's 8
1: 30 so we probably won't do it on tuesday yeah we'll probably so do, we'll do it do it and monday or
0: wednesday in between i don't know yeah could get maybe we'll change up our luck all right little shout out to team anders realtors our presenting sponsor loyal Great friends, great realtors. If you have realty needs here in West Michigan, check out Jim, Donna, Tim, and team at teamanders.com. Meantime, in honor of the miracle on ice 42 years ago, you can't be common. The common man goes nowhere. You have to be uncommon.